Center's Guide. My name is Tyler Fowler. I'm your host. You can find me at www.completecenters.com. You can email me at completecenter at gmail.com. Make sure you check out our Facebook page at the Complete Center's Guide. And today we have an amazing show lined up for you guys. With me, I got Tracy Mathis from Rockstar Tattoo up in Washington, Indiana. Tracy, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tyler. How are you? Very well, very well. Thank you for coming on the show with me. And, and again, I am so sorry about what happened last week. We had a show lined up. Unfortunately, we had technical difficulties. And But now we are here. We're ready to do this. And just tell everybody listening, Tracy, just a little bit about yourself. Um, you're a Christian. How did you become a Christian? And how does tattoos actually come in? Because you're a tattoo artist, obviously. How does that come in, you know, to play with your Christianity and your beliefs? Um, I was raised in a General Baptist, you know, house, church, everything. Um, So I was raised, you know, in a Christian environment, but I didn't stay there forever. You know, I I wandered away from what I knew and and, uh, had a a bad time for a little while. Um, I found my way back to God, and I actually... um, was a Christian, uh, and the offer of tattooing got offered to me as an answer to prayer. And I worked for several years for a guy that is now a full-time pastor at a church in Terre Haute, Indiana, and I eventually worked in Nashville, Tennessee, with the same people for a while, and then I made it back up to Indiana because my kids wanted to be close to Grandma and Grandpa. But uh, I opened my own shop, and I've had my own shop for about 12 years. Right on. So so you was was a Christian, and then you got offered a tattoo job. Is that how it worked, or? Yes. Okay. So, and and the guy that you was uh, tattooing for, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said he became a pastor, or was a yeah, pastor. yeah. He has he pastors a church in he pastors a church now in Terre Haute. Okay, right on. So anyway, then, so that's just. So how long have you been tattooing then? Um, a little over twenty years. Has anybody ever like really gave you a hard time for it, just completely out of curiosity? Oh, um, absolutely. We've had people. You come into the shop and try to, um, you know, preach how evil it is and that we're sending people to hell. Uh, I opened my first shop in a small town in Indiana, and the uh, the local people there refused to do a ribbon cutting or let me buy adding advertising in the local papers or anything because I was a pit of evil and I was sending people to hell. You know, I've had uh, people say, you know, we would like to invite you to our church, but frankly, you wouldn't be welcome. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had a lot oh, of wow. that, yeah. Yeah, and see, and that's exactly what we're trying to do today. So let me just explain what happened. The reason this all thing got started real quick is because I actually have a Facebook page, right? And there was this woman, mm-hmm. I, I just got my... uh eyebrows or my eyebrow pierced uh, twice you actually did that for me Tracy Um, and she said (laughs) are you even saved right and I'm just like you know and and I'm not gonna I I do not like you know making myself look like something I'm not okay so I, I rarely do this but there's a point behind it right I was with my church personal church evangelizing with my eyebrow rings actually in right and nobody not one person actually said anything about my tattoos or my piercings they didn't see them whenever they whenever i was standing out there what they did see is i had a gentleman come up to me and said you know what you are out here trying to you know share the truth about god and 
to, to a generation that frankly does not care. And, you know, it, it touched me because this man actually came up out of his way. He didn't have to. And he didn't see anything. All he saw was somebody trying to share the truth about Jesus. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get the truth out because, there, frankly, I mean, I'm just going to be honest here. There is a lot, and I mean a lot, of people that has radio shows, that has TV stations, that are, frankly, literally sending people to hell. They're telling them a false gospel, and there's just too much of that. Right, right. It shouldn't surprise us because Jesus told us it would happen, right? False prophets will arise among many, 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 many nations. Mm-hmm. But, so we shouldn't be surprised right. about it. But at the same time, that's what we're trying to combat, is we're trying to combat the lies with the truth. And to get into the truth, we have to look at what God has said, right? A lot of people ask me, well, why do you think the Bible is the Word of God? For one of two reasons. One, Jesus affirmed the Old Testament. Two, Jesus confirmed the New Testament, right? Or backwards, confirmed the Old Testament, mm-hmm. affirmed the New Testament. But... Because of Jesus, that Jesus is God, and this is God's word that we've miraculously have had handed down to us generation after generation, perfectly preserved. And so, anyway, so we have to look at the word of God and see what it actually says. And the number one, I'll tell you, the number one, and I'm pretty sure that this is true with you also, Tracy, that you have been presented with a verse from the Old Testament, am I right? Leviticus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Leviticus, yeah. So Leviticus Absolutely. 19, right. So Leviticus 19, and and the verse is actually 28. It says, You shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourself. And then it ends with, I am Yahweh, or I am the Lord. So, and a lot of people will take this verse out of its context, right? And so I want to actually look at the right. context because context is everything. I actually want to look at the context, figure out what's being done here, what is it being talked about, and why this is actually maybe not really, because we want to be fair, we don't want to be biased. And but to do that, we have to look at what the context is, we have to understand the history behind it, and all these sorts of things. There's work that goes into reading the Bible. I mean, there, there truly is. <laughs> so I, I, I want to start, actually, at verse 9. And these are sundry laws. The, the reason, okay, so God came down. He made a promise to Abraham that among him many nations would be, through him many nations would come, right? And so... Through these nations came a nation called Israel. God has given us, he given Israel the Ten Commandments, right? And we know that we shouldn't murder, we shouldn't steal, we, should be, we shouldn't be disobedient to our parents. God gave us the law, and part of that law, which is what is recorded in Leviticus, is a law, it's, not, it's what's not called a moral law, but a ceremonial law. The difference between the two is a moral law is something everybody needs to abide by. It's what they ought to do, right? We ought not to murder. We ought not to have abortions. We ought not to do this or that. And the, these, these laws are for every single person. Now, with Leviticus, what's very interesting is, yes, those laws are in there, but at the same time, there's other laws like don't tattoo your body for the dead. What are these laws? They're called the ceremonial law. And that's what scholars refer to them as. And basically what these laws were was to separate Israel from among all the other nations. They couldn't eat shellfish. They couldn't wear the wear clothes with two different fabrics of material in them. They couldn't do all kinds of things because they were supposed to be sanctified or set aside to show the world who God is, right? Jesus came through the Jews. So we have laws for them and that... The, you know, in, in Acts, Jesus says, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. He was saying that, look, the ceremonial law is no longer in play. Jesus came to fulfill the ceremonial law. The moral law still applies. And where we've got to figure out is how these two interact with each other and what exactly are we talking about. So I want to read verse 9 all the way down. Well, probably not all the way. But I just want to give a context and then go back. Yeah, that's a lot, that's a lot of verses. Um, 
And then come back and explain what is going on here. It says, Now when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean the vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the needy and for the strangers. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal, deal falsely, or lie with one another. These are the moral laws that we're talking about, right? You shall not steal, deal falsely. You shall not swear falsely by my name as to profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor nor rob him. These are all these moral laws. We get down further, though, to verse 20. It says, I'm sorry, verse 21. It says, he shall bring a guilt offering to the Lord. These are people that has, has lined carnally with a woman who is a slave, right? says he shall bring a guilt offering to the Lord to the doorway of his tent of meeting a ram for a guilt offering so we're here to the ceremonial laws now we don't have nobody is sacrificing animals anymore today that was part of the ceremonial law (laughs) so we right right nobody I mean they're trying to bring it back I don't know if you've recently seen what Israel has done but they've actually set aside the um, altar to actually burn animals they're trying to bring animal sacrifices back again um, because they don't obviously oh, wow. think Jesus because was the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, go ahead. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. I'd say we, we don't abide by that anymore because Jesus has already been that ultimate sacrifice. Exactly, and that's why we're not sacrificing you know the animals that they want to. Anyway, so we get down here to verse 26. It says, You shall not eat anything with the blood nor practice divination or soothsaying. Verse 27, you shall not round off the side growth of your heads, nor harm the edges of your beard. And verse 28, you shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourself. I am Yahweh. So what exactly is going on? What we have here is these are ceremonial laws that have been given to the Jews to separate them from amongst the world. We have to realize that back in the day, there were people who did rituals, they did divinations, they did all sorts of these things to, we would say, demons, that only God deserves worship, right? But these people, were they were doing horrible, horrible things. Um, and, and that's what God is talking about here. From my understanding, and Tracy, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but to my understanding, what had happened was is that in some of these pagan nations, they were actually cutting themselves and making incisions in their body for their dead relatives, like they would tattoo their names on them, they would ta- or right. they would cut their flesh for them. Do you have any other inside information on that one, or I mean, no, is that I, what you've heard before? No, I, I agree completely with that. That it was a pagan ritual that was scarring or marking up your body for the dead. To, to make them into gods, your ancestors. Right, right. It had a lot to do with their ancestors. And and do you, because uh, I didn't understand what they were actually trying to do, to do there by cutting their flesh and, like, making, you know, tattoo marks on their self. Do you know what they were doing or or, or not? I don't. I think it was uh, as more of a, um, like, a, a self, um, gosh, I don't know how to, like, harming themselves to prove their, loyalty to their dead ancestors or marking themselves as family or worshipers of ancestors. Okay, so, but they would definitely do it for their ancestors, correct? As far as I've ever heard, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've thought, too. But, see, and here's the thing, too. There's a lot, and, and, you know, it could be arguing with the... um, with, with the Roman church, like way, 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 way back in the day, um, after the third century, <clears throat> I'm sorry, second century, but it, it could be argued that there is a lot of paganism actually brought into Christianity and that people would, you know, bring tattoos because we got to, you know, we do know that more than one culture tattoos themselves, right? I mean, Hindus tattoo themselves. Oh gosh. Yeah. Every, it seems like tattooing is a thing in every single culture, right? And what's really, really, yeah. really interesting yeah. to me... Yeah, go ahead. Far far back, farther than, you know, than Jesus' time. It was far, far back. You know, they'll find uh, frozen people, you know, from centuries ago that have tattoos on them. 
Right. And what's actually interesting is you might have seen the same one I did, actually. But I was watching this uh, video, and it said that they actually, the first um, the first instance, I guess, of tattooing was found on a guy that they found frozen somewhere. I forget where it was. Forgive mm-hmm. me. But they, they actually found him, and he had lines. I can't remember. Like, so, some like symmetrical lines tattooed on him and they thought if if memory serves they thought uh, no i don't even want to say it because i don't know but he was from cer- some <laughs> certain culture right <laughs> he was from some some certain culture that and, and they can they can relate and they say that that's the oldest you know person that they have to record um tattoos and stuff mm-hmm. right but, that's the oldest but, that yeah. i have ever heard of too is it really okay? But so in my in this study that I, you know because I like to obviously I like to study the topic before we do the show, <laughs> you know what I mean. But what what I found is that, and again I got to say this: we're not <clears throat> what we're not doing is trying to force our views on anybody, right? We're not saying that because I have tattoos, right, personally. right. Tracy has tattoos. We're not yeah. saying to go out, if your parents are against it, go out and get tattoos and piercings and look like a dragon for, you know, for whatever reason. But that's not <laughs> right. what we're I saying. I mean, I've even talked people out of it. I had a girl in my really? chair that was getting visibly upset, getting ready to get her first tattoo. And I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. comforting her. I said, it really doesn't hurt that bad. She's like, no. She said, I'm just, I'm just worried. She's because... My father and I have just reconciled our relationship, and I know he's going to be so mad about this. And she's oh. like, I'm just trying to find a way to tell my dad. And I said, you know, honor your father and mother. I said, I think you should get out of my chair. I said, if this is, is visibly upsetting you and you think it's going to put something between you and your father, then I think probably this isn't the right time for you to do this. Really? What did she say? <laughs> Oh, so she didn't she said, go through with it. You're right, and she, yeah, no, she did not. She did later, years later, when things, you know, her father and her were better together, you know. But you know, I just said, I, I think, you know, there's where you really just got to put that honor your father and mother before, you know, this cute little butterfly or whatever it was she was going to get. <laughs> right, exactly, and see, that's the thing too, is that you know, like I said, we're not trying to push this on any anybody, you know, but. I believe, and this is my opinion, and that we're trying to, you know, derive from what God has actually said, is that, in my opinion, it's okay if you want to honor your... This is what I did, and Tracy can back me up because she's the one that actually did it. Every single tattoo on my left arm has something to do with the Bible. I have an eagle that represents the Gospel of John, a tribal lion that represents the Gospel of Matthew, and line of the tribe of Judah, and I have a key row... Um, that says Theos and Halagos on my um, left forearm, and it all has something to do with the Bible or with God. And it's very interesting because I actually have people that come up to me and say, hey, what does that say and what does that mean? And it gives me an opportunity to, right. you know, to share the gospel with them if, if you know, God permits. It, I, and I love that, you know, but... Obviously, there's tattoos out there that you know a Christian shouldn't obviously get. Hell, Satan would be one of them, right? I mean, I, but I think <laughs> right, a lot right. of it comes. I mean, I think a lot of it comes with common sense. Um, you know, it, it's just if your parents don't want you to do it, don't do it. But if you are, if you have a job right. and you're paying the bills, and you know, if you're married, your wife's okay with it, right? Happy wife, happy life. Um, if that's the, if those all things pan out, and you want to get a tattoo. I'm not going to tell you no. You know what I mean? So, it, but mm-hmm. what's interesting yeah, is Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is yeah. what's behind it. What's behind it, too. If you're getting one to, you know, like you said, if your parents disapprove or whatever, to, to be rebellious or something, then you've got a difference right. then you probably ought to address first before you get the tattoo. Right, exactly. I mean, because it, you know, everything, I this is my opinion, you know, and I think everything can be used in, I mean, obviously there's evil things in the world, but I think a lot of things can be used for evil and for good, tattoos being one of those things, you know. If you want, like I said, if you want to get a tattoo of hell, Satan, just to rebel against your parents, well, you're actually breaking the moral law by disobeying disobeying your parents, right? 
Because let's right. face it, God's law, right. it reflects his nature. And if we are claiming to be Christians, you know, we are, we should, the, the most important thing we can do for each other is love each other, right? Well, love demands truth, and that's what we're trying to get to. And what's interesting is whenever I was doing this research, I actually found, I think this is a cultural thing, obviously. There's people that approve tattoos in different cultures. There's people who deny them. But in the Coptic Christians, right, they're, they're, they're a sect out in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't studied their theology. I just I was looking on YouTube one day, and I ran into these guys, and I thought, wow, this is very interesting, you know, especially for this show. But a class that is you know, claiming to be Christians, it, it, they're Coptic, they're from Egypt. They actually tattoo their children, right? And I, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. But besides the point, the, I saw a two-month-old baby getting tattooed with um, a little cross on their wrist because what they think is that, I did get this from them, that whenever they tattoo themselves on their wrist where Jesus was actually, you know, pierced, they believe that they're sharing mm-hmm. in his suffering that way. And I never thought about it like that, but, well, I'm going to get into that here in Galatians here in just a second, but it, that was just really eye-opening to me because in, in a culture that we live in, Tracy, we, you know, there, there's mixed opinions about literally every single thing in the world, right? But whenever you go over right. just right across, the, right across the ocean, there's people who have a completely different mindset, and they express their Christianity, right? Egypt's a predominantly Muslim place. And, and for these, the sect to be able to get a tattoo, especially where they do, on their wrist where Jesus was pierced, and to say, look, this means I'm a Christian. It's almost like their baptism in a way. I guess, but they're saying this, right. I am a Christian and you can't do nothing about it. And these marks are eternal, right? Are there, there as long as I'm in this body. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say about that? But there was, there was even a time when they had to kind of hide being a Christian. And I'm sure it probably is somewhere that, you know, in that way today. Um, oh, yeah. but they would check those to get into the, to the um, the churches and to the services, they would check for that tattoo because they would, you know, try to glean out the people that weren't that were there to cause harm or to kill people or whatever um, to spy or whatever. But no, they would think that no one would possibly get that tattoo if they weren't if they didn't belong there. So it was almost like a way of marking yourself as a Christian not only just to be marking yourself, but it was a way to be able to to come together and worship with other Christians. Right, exactly. And if you're just tuning in, I have Tracy Mathis from Rockstar Tattoos with me in Washington, Indiana. Um, we're talking about tattoos and piercings and the history behind them. And the question we're trying to ask is, is it sinful to get a tattoo or a piercing if you're a Christian? And th- you're absolutely right, Tracy. It, it, you, you mark yourself in a way, and like I said, I... I, I I don't link it to baptism. Obviously, there's no place in the Bible where it says, get a tattoo, right? Or, and there's no place in the Bible, except right. if you want to take a passage out of Leviticus, or if you want to take it out of context, there's no place that says Christians can't get tattoos, right? But at the same time, so right. like I was saying, it, it, it is like that identification, like, look at me, I'm a Christian, and that's what these Coptics are doing, and that you know that's what they say is... Mm-hmm. Because whenever whenever you have enough dedication to get your two month old baby tattooed, right? That uh, that is some serious, right. you know, dedication. I mean, right? Right. Absolutely. What? I mean, because people yeah, get their ahead. baby's ears pierced, <laughs> you know, and that causes you know. I mean, it's all a matter of cultural, you know, differences and beliefs because. To them, that seems very normal. Exactly, and you know, we we, we live in a place in, in the United States that where you know there's no such thing as objective truth. There's no such thing as absolute truth, and you know, basically, what's good for me is good for me, right? And you, but but what I don't understand is those same people. Whenever you bring it outside of a different culture and say, "Well, see," it, it basically, if it justifies your argument, then they don't agree with it, right? And I, it just blows my mind. The du- I mean, it really does. It blows my mind, the double standard, but that's a completely different topic. I actually want to look at history because I think whenever it comes down to subjects like this, we talk about controversial things on this show, you know, and we're going to, Lord willing. 
but I, I think, especially whenever it comes to tattoos and piercings, that a lot of people have this stigma about it, right? That, well, bikers get tattoos and piercings, you know, gangs, they, mm-hmm. people in gangs, they get them. And, and the, it, it's really taken on a bad name. Now, I'm not saying, you know, there's people in the occult that gets tattoos to represent that thing. And this is what I'm talking about, about, you know, possibly neutral things that can be used for evil and that can be used for good. Because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people get symbols tattooed on themselves. And there's a lot of symbols out there that are used for evil, evil things, right? Um, but mm-hmm. I do want to take a look at history. And I have, actually, I have this thing taken from the Catholic News Agency. Now, we're not Catholic, but I found it interesting in what they said about, um, so I'm just going to read a couple of these, a couple paragraphs, really, and just kind of highlight the history behind it. The church, from my understanding, I think I saw where it says that Constantine um, did something with tattoos. Mm-hmm. Maybe he outlawed them, maybe he banned them or something like that. But it, I don't think it was originally, or officially, I should say, officially recognized by the Catholic Church until 787 A.D., right? And that was whenever um, Pope Hadrian banned tattoos. Um, but, yeah, I just... They did actually a really good job about documenting this, so I want to read just a snippet of what they had to say. You can find this on the Catholic News Agency uh, website under tattoos. It says, Also of interest was the larger cultural practice within Roman and Greek cultures of marking slaves and prisoners with a quote-unquote stigma. That is, um, in the Greek, there's a word called, or there's a word that's stigma, right? And basically, it means a tattoo or a mark. Mm-hmm. Paul actually used this word. It's really interesting. Paul actually used this word in Galatians six seventeen, right? And we'll get into that in just a second. But he actually used the word for tattoo on himself. I don't think personally that Paul got tattoos. I think what he was referring to is whenever he was beaten and the scars and the marks that he had on his back or, or wherever he was beat. Um, that's what I personally think he's talking about. But to continue this article, it says... Um, they marked their slaves and prisoners with a stigma or tattoo to show whom the, a slave belonged to or the crimes a, per, a prisoner had committed. It says St. Paul even references this reality in his letter to the Galatians. Quote, from now on, let no one make troubles for me, for I bear the marks or stigma of Jesus on my body. Says while biblical scholars argue that St. Paul's point here is metaphorical, I and again I gotta intersect real quick. I think it's literal. I think Paul's talking about his um marks on his body from being beaten. But anyway, right. it says the point still stands that marking oneself with a stigmata, generally understood as a tattoo, was a common practice to make the analogy within the Roman and the Greek culture. It says, moreover, There's some evidence that in certain areas before the rule of Constantine, Christians began to anticipate the, quote, crime, unquote, of being a Christian by marking themselves as Christians with tattooing themselves. Says early historians, including the 6th century scholar and rhetorician uh, Procopius of Gaza and 7th century Byzantine historian, I'm going to murder this name, sorry, Thought. (laughs) <laughs> they often lacked. <laughs> Somatica records stories of local Christians uh, willingly tattooing themselves with crosses in the Holy Land at Antalya. Uh, there's also evidence among other smaller communities in Western churches of, of early Christians marking themselves with tattoos or scars of the wounds of Christ, kind of like the Coptic uh, Christians are doing now, actually. Um, and then it goes on to say in 787... Uh, the Council of Northumberland, um, a meeting of lay and ecclesi- ecclesiastical leaders and citizens of England, Christian commentators distinguish between religious and profane tattoos. So there was an actual distinguishing between marking your body for glorifying God, religious, right. and profane tattoos. It says, and, and this is where it gets interesting, right? It says, in the council documents they wrote, quote, when an individual undergoes the, uh, undergoes the ordeal of tattooing for the sake of God, he is greatly praised. But one who submits himself to be tattooed for superstitious reasons in the manner of the heathens will derive no benefit therefrom, unquote. It says, still not all bishops and theologians in the early church were pro-tattoo. Um, and then it goes on to say that St. Basil, which is a very famous preacher, 
Um, he actually wrote about it and said that no man shall tattoo himself. So what I'm getting at is it looks like from history, according to this website, um, which seems to be a pretty legitimate one, they say that in their research that actually early Christians tattooed themselves, kind of like what you and I was just talking about, Tracy, to mark them to mark themselves as the you know like it said the quote unquote crime for being a Christian right and do you have any thoughts on that or like is let me ask this actually is there people that come into your shop personally um, you know wanting I mean other than me <laughs> wanting religious um, tattoos <laughs> to display their Christianity and to show their Christianity is you know legit is real oh yeah absolutely. Yeah, there. I mean, there are other tattoos, like you said, that that aren't that I refuse to do. But yeah, I think that's that's a big part of of a, of a Christianity situation today because it is becoming um, a more of a taboo thing in our society to be a Christian. So to mark it plainly and permanently is a really big deal for some people. Right. Right. Is that what they do it for? To because I know that's why I did it. I, I actually have more planned, um, but that's why I got my Kiro uh, Theosan Holagos, which means the word was God, right? And then, if mm-hmm. anybody asks me about my lion or my eagle, I tell them it's either the Gospel of John or the Gospel of Matthew. But it, so, so now you just said that you refuse to. Is, is there specific tattoos that you actually refuse to do? There are several. Anything that is hate-oriented or, you know, profane, you know, anything that's really nasty or, like I said, hate-oriented in, in any way, whether it be religious or racial or something like that, I won't, I won't do it. Okay, so, how, so if I can, how does that actually, like, say somebody comes in and wants something, I don't know, like representing the KKK, or you know, or what they they mm-hmm. represent. How do you go about? Just do you say, "Well, I'm not going to do that," or is there any like arguments that happen? Yeah. Or sometimes, but you know, it's my shop, my my rules. <laughs> right, because you actually are the owner. But yeah, of Rockstar I, I will just tattoos, say, right? "Hey, you know, I'll I'll right, right. I'll just say, you know, I I would love to tattoo you, and I, but I just got to say, this is not the tattoo that I'm going to do on you." And they ask why, and I, you know, say I have to sleep at night. You know, I'm not doing this. I think you'll regret it. I think this is a terrible decision, and you know, it's it's not you, it's not your money, but it's the fact that I think this is something that I can't sleep at night knowing I've put on you forever and ever. Right, because you actually, so yeah, like you just said, you you nailed it perfectly. I think you have to kind of look out for you and your reputation, because honestly, like you. You're the only store that I've ever walked in that uh, th- that plays K-Love on the radio. You know, I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't agree with everything <laughs> that comes on K-Love. But you're the first tattoo shop around here that I've ever walked in, because I've walked in a few, that openly plays K-Love, right? They, me and you actually, well, I remember whenever I got my first tattoo, the Kiro, we was actually talking about the gospel in front of your son's girlfriend, right? Uh-huh. So... Yep. What the so the point that I'm trying to make is that as Christians, right, we our number one goal and our number one job is to for one share the gospel of Jesus Christ, but that involves love, right? We have to love um right. our our brothers and sisters and we have to love our neighbor, right, as ourselves. This is what Jesus says. And to do that, we have to get the truth out. And if you're just tuning in, this is exactly what we're talking about is truth. And, and the stigma of these tattoos and piercings, the, they, they've actually gotten a bad name, if, if you ask me. Because whenever we look at the history of it, we see that not only Christians, not only did they approve of tattoos, but they got them themselves. We look at different cultures now, such as the Coptic Christians, how they are you know, using these tattoos as a sign to say, look, I stand for Jesus, and especially in a predominantly Muslim-ran country like Egypt is, we have to look at that and say these people aren't just tattooing themselves for you know whatever reason. They're doing it to glorify God, 
right? I mean, that's why I got my tattoos. Right. I know that's, is that why you've gotten some of your tattoos was to glorify God? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have several. Yeah. I mean, there are right. people that, you know, you tattoo just, it's, it's like pinstriping a car. It's just for decoration. But for the most part, I'd say probably 80 to 90% of the tattoos, you know, that people get have some meaning to them. Um, it's not just, you know, just decorations to be cool anymore. I mean, people really put some thought into it. And a lot of right. times it's something that just, that, yeah, something that they truly, truly feel and they want to share it. They want to proclaim it, you know, or remember something, you know, and remember it to themselves sometimes too. A reminder, right. I guess I should say. Sure, and I know, I, I know. There's probably some people listening to this, or that's going to be listening to this right now, right? And they're saying, "Well, it says in Leviticus, don't tattoo yourself for the dead." He's not talking about doing it as a memory. These are pagan rituals and practices that's happening. And again, we've got to think that you know the context of Leviticus is to separate the the Jews and in the, the Israelite nation as a whole from every other nation and people group in the world this is why that's what they were doing and god said you're not going to do this i am the lord i am yahweh right but as christians now i want to read romans 14 real quick and then we're going to get into some some questions um but it says now except so i wouldn't say anybody that's against tattoos is weak in faith right but for the and it could be honestly it could be the exact opposite i'm I'll put it like this. I think I can speak for everyone on this show right now that says we're humble enough to understand that we could be wrong about this, right? We very well could be, and we're, yeah. and I'm humble enough to say that I can be. I might be the one that's weak in faith here, right? I, I can do that with and go to sleep at night. You know what I mean? Because I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying yeah. to be proud or anything like that. But for the sake of argument, let's let's be clear. For the sake of argument, we're going to say that the one who's weak in faith is the one who doesn't accept tattoos and that wants to throw that you know, belief onto somebody else and condemn them for getting the tattoo. That would seem like the weaker one, in my opinion. It says, though, now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat whatever he wants, but he who eats, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. It says the one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God is accepting them. Basically, what he's saying is is that stop passing these judgments that do not matter on each other. If one wants to eat a salad and only eat a salad, that's good for him, because he'll go on later to say he glorifies God for doing it, right? He thanks God the same way that the man right. who eats meat thanks God. And I think that could be the same that, that's said about tattoos as well. The ones who get tattoos, and I'm not saying everybody because not everybody's a Christian that, get ta- that gets tattoos, but for me personally, right. I can say that you know I'm trying to glorify God in my body by marking myself with something that's going to glorify him or that could, if somebody asks a question about it, for the rest of my life. You know, and, and the Bible mm-hmm. clearly says to his own master, he stands or falls, and he will stand. Why? Because the Lord is able to make him stand. And then he goes on to say that one, gar- one person says the, Saturday, uh, the, the Sabbath is on Saturday. There's one person who regards each day exactly alike, right? And like I said, Paul goes on to say, so the point I'm making is, is that I think, you know, to be helpful, that as Christians, we, first of all, we... It, whenever it comes to this subject, you know, tattoos and piercings, I don't think that we should force, and I use that term very, very, you know, force, our view on somebody else, whether it's pro or con, right? I, I don't think I should be telling right, somebody if right. they don't want to get a tattoo to get one. But at the same time, to say that tattooing and piercing is sinful, I think that's stepping over the line a little bit. Um, like you said. I mean, Absolutely. like you said, Tracy, that there was people here, and I know what town you're talking about, that um, did not accept you, di- didn't ask you about anything, right. and didn't, they just flat out said, look, you're not welcome, right? So, just, right. <laughs> do you, yeah, go ahead. No, I, yeah, I, I, I agree completely that it's um, it's sometimes 
just a hard thing to explain to people that to to walk into a town and because of something that you feel i i truly feel like god put me as a tattoo artist as a way to minister to people and you know it's that must just sound crazy to some people but i really truly feel like that's where god has put me and i have had the opportunity to minister to a lot of people that would never darken the doors of a church is that something that is a normal conversation in in your tattoo shop um like say whenever you're tattooing somebody that maybe is not a Christian or is even militant to the faith, does it bring does the topic ever come up? Oh, all the time, yeah. Yeah. There's what been up? many a time we've we've sat we've sat and prayed with people with, you know, drug addicts and prostitutes and things like that. <laughs> people like that what, that if, you know if I, if I can jump in for just a second, let me ask this. Do you ever have a situation in which you the Bible or your religious beliefs prevent you from engaging in some sort of tattoo practice? Like if somebody comes in and asks for, a, 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 I, don't, I don't even know, I, my imagination wouldn't even let me decide, but some sort of tattoo that would be biblically ob- objectionable, is that a situation that you've ever crossed? Yeah. And if so, how did you handle it? Yeah, and I, right, well, I just, I tell them no. <laughs> I tell them that's not something that I'm willing to do. Because I think it's a bad idea. I don't agree with it. I, you know, I have to still sleep at night, and there's just no amount of money that is going to make me mark them with that for their rest of their lives. And I guess the reason I, I, I guess the reason I asked that question is the reason I asked that question is I feel like it underlines a more important idea and something that probably, if, if having listened to your discussion. I, I guess the main question that I think a lot of people have is if you came across biblical uh, scripture that said you should not be tattooing people, it it stands to reason if you already don't tattoo people based on its contradiction with the Bible that if you ever found scripture, if you found scripture that indicated that you shouldn't tattoo, uh, you would stop altogether. Is that an accurate summation? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Is- is there a scripture I, like that? Before I ever, <laughs> before I ever no. got my very first tattoo, I uh, I went to a a local Baptist college, which are pretty hardcore against such wild things like that, and I sought out the the um, professor that was the he actually the doctorate of divinity. He speaks Greek, he speaks Hebrew, I mean, he tears the Bible apart and teaches pastors to be pastors, and I talked to him about it. And he said, honestly, it's not in there. We sat down and talked about, you know, the Levitical verse and some of those, and he said, if I wanted to get a tattoo, I would. He said, it's just not in there. Noah, let me ask you this. Um, there ha- Because there's not, I mean, uh, unless I- I'm I'm missing it. There's not mm-hmm. a verse that would say, or that would even imply that we shouldn't, you know, tattoo others, right? So, so is there the, an underlying... Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I guess the way I would answer that question, Tyler, is I would approach it the same way I approach alcohol. Um, is there anything in the Bible that specifically says, don't drink a beer? No. But there are verses that that tell us not to become drunken fools and so sure. to me getting drunk is out of the question there are verses that tell us that if local laws don't conflict with god's laws to honor them so that would mean that drinking under the age of 21 is out biblically speaking and if you and and within those confines if you're over the age of 21 you wish to consume a an alcoholic beverage but aren't doing it for the purpose of getting intoxicated i can't really make a scriptural argument against that the only other caveat is that we are supposed to be very cautious about any sort of behavior that causes our neighbor to stumble and so and so then for me anyway that adds on any sort of public uh, drinking, right? Because somebody walks into a bar and says, hey, Noah was drinking a beer in there, and I guess it's okay for Christians to get drunk because I saw Noah drinking a beer, right? So if you yeah. want to carefully weave those lines, I, I, can, I can get there. I guess the, the verses that I'm familiar with, 1 Corinthians 8 9, be careful 
Be careful, however, the ex uh, the exercise of your right does not become a stumbling block to the weak, and that's the verse I was talking about just a minute ago. First Corinthians ten thirty one. So whatever, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do to the glory of God. So the idea being that in all the activities, and that would apply to Tyler, your job as a as a as a talk radio host, or my job as an IT consultant, um, we're always doing those things to the glory of God. First Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not consider his appearance, his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things uh, that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart." Um, there are plenty, uh, and then oh, uh, uh, sorry, First Timothy two nine. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and. Uh, properly adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes. So I think there is strong biblical evidence to suggest that we should take care and effort and due diligence into our outward appearance and that that God obviously has something to say about it. I also think that the Bible is fairly clear that God is much more interested in what's on the inside of our heart than the arts outside of our heart. And no, I, I am not aware of any specific verse that directly says, don't get a tattoo. Does that right. actually, does, is, see, does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, I, 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 I get it. And uh, I'm all, let me, let me answer for me. Right. And then I'll Tracy, you can have it. Um, for me, you're, you're exactly right. No, it, it, first Corinthians eight, nine, but take care of this liberty of yours. We do have a liberty in Christ, but we cannot let that liberty affect someone else. It's kind of like whenever I had the, um, the woman that came up or, well, she didn't come up to me. She had me on Facebook. Um, she said, are you even saved? Right. And it's because I had my eyebrows pierced. The thing that I've realized is that if I knew that that was going to do that, you know, if I knew posting that picture would get her to stumble in that way, I I don't know if she stumbled or not. She might've just been a troll. I don't know. But say for the record, it did cause her to stumble. I never would have posted it. Right. But hindsight's 2020. And I didn't think at the time that it would, does that justify it doing it? Absolutely not. But the fact of the matter is, and I think we got to keep this on mind too, as Christians, that there's always going to be something that we do that people do not like, right? There's always going to be something there. If I'm going to go out to dinner with my church, for example, am I going to go with a cutoff tee and shorts? Probably not. I'm probably going to dress modestly, like you said. And I think that that, uh, it's all a matter of modesty and what is modest. Because like Tracy and I were talking about a while ago, there's different things in different cultures that get to dignify modesty. I don't think modesty is one of those absolute truths, right? There's, there's, there's a standard, yes, but where that standard is, you know, I think that comes for obviously from the Bible and not only there, but what is your culture dictating now? You know, you, you brought it up perfectly. If the laws, you know, conflict if man's laws conflict with God's laws, then or, or doesn't conflict, then we need to adhere to those laws. And I agree absolutely. Yet at the same time, I think you know that liberty comes back into play on where what like what does it what does the tattoo involve? What's the meaning behind it? And why are you doing it? If it's to glorify God, I say go for it. I mean, I I don't think anyone would ever find anything immodest about me. I don't even wear shorts. You know, I'm always well covered, but I don't wear a barca. You know, that's just not our cultural right. thing, but I don't feel that I'm breaking anything in wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. You know, it's a cultural thing, like you're talking about. Um, Japanese culture, tattoos are, are generally mafia. You know, you have people that come here that see tattooed women, and it really freaks them out, because in that culture... That's that's part of the mafia. If you're well tattooed, you see the guys, you know, the they have all the dragons and stuff tattooed all over them. But if they're wearing their business clothes, you don't see it. It's an undercover, you know. It's it's a bad connotation. But you know, like you said, it's a it's a cultural thing at some point because we don't look at the tattoos becoming a stumbling block necessarily. Because generally, the, the general public, you'd be causing, I think, of a stumbling block as someone who isn't a Christian, if you've caused them to not have a relationship with Christ. But it's usually only the Christians that we hear from 
that are against it. You know what's interesting? And you I know what's know interesting about that is what's what's inter- here's what's interesting about that to me. It seems that we have reached a point in our our walk with God collectively as a human species where we have well outlearned our ability to love, right? Everybody, everybody, the people that you're talking about, Tracy, though all those people can point out, all those quote-unquote Christians, this is like, it was amazing, we started this program, how much Christian hate mail we got, right? Christian hate mail should right. be an oxymoron, but we get enough <laughs> of it to know that it's not. And, and, it's and I guess, really, what, what, what's interesting is, like, every, how is it that everybody can point so carefully into the Bible to tell you exactly why they disagree with one thing or another, doctrinally speaking, but they have an inability to say, but that wasn't the important part. That's not what really mattered in the Bible. That's not what Jesus really came down here to show us. He didn't come down here to... The reason there's no specific verse about the tattoo is because that wasn't the pinnacle point in the story of the Bible, nor was pretty much everything else that everybody yeah, decides to be divisive about and worry about, right? Right. I agree, yeah. I agree. My, my husband was raised in a church that had all kinds of rules. I mean, you had to dress a certain way, and, you know, playing cards was worshiping the devil. Looking at lava lamps was worshiping the devil. And, I mean, you know, you got your hair cut, or if a man didn't get a hair cut, you know, Jesus didn't wear dickies in a button-down shirt, but to them, that's how you get to heaven. And it was all about works. And he said every Sunday there was something new, a new thing to add to the list of what was going to send them to hell, but not once growing up did anybody ever tell him how to get to heaven. They missed it. And see, that's what comes down to love, right? I mean, like I said before, that love demands truth, period, end of subject. And, you know, whenever it comes to tattoos, like I said, I can only speak for me, right? But the reason that I got my tattoos is to show my love for God. And the way that I done that is, and and the way that I continuously do that is to really um if somebody has a question about them please feel free you know to come up to me and ask and that's you know and and the thing that i try to do is keep jesus right what what did paul say to you know we talked about first corinthians a lot the main thing that he told them was he'd said i did not come to you with flattering words but i came to you to preach christ and him crucified period in the subject and tracy we are we're just about out of time i want to thank you for coming on to the show to express your opinion about it i hope we get to do it again i think this has been very very edifying um for every single person that's listening it's definitely been edifying for me for noah and i want to thank you all for tuning in and listening if you want to check out other shows that we've done you can head on over to www.completecenters.com Check me out on Facebook, Tyler Fowler. You can add Noah Chalaya, my awesome co-host. And we will see you guys next week with a testimony from me and my buddy Jake. Have a good one. 